Welcome to the Airport Experience News Podcast with Ramon Lowe, and I am Ramon Lowe. If you want to listen on your computer, you can go to airportxnews.com slash podcast. Or if you're like me, you prefer to listen on your mobile device, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is episode 45 of the pod, and I don't often say that this is an emergency podcast. I really don't, but this is definitely the first time I've recorded an episode directly in response to a very hot topic in the world today, that being tariffs. But, you know, we at Airport Experience News, we definitely want to be timely and relevant. So anyway, in this episode, I chat with Ryan Patel, and I met Ryan... Uh, a long time ago when he was the head of global development for Pinkberry, and since then, he's been a really regular contributor on CNN, as well as a senior fellow at the Peter F. Drucker and Masatoshi Ito Graduate School of Management. I'm really excited to have gotten the opportunity to have him uh, really comment on the topic of tariffs on uh, such short notice. So anyway, here is my conversation with Ryan Patel. So I'm here with Ryan Patel, who is a global executive, as well as a senior fellow at the Peter F. Drucker and Masatoshi Ito Graduate School of Management. And also, and this is how I know him, at least from all the LinkedIn posts that he <laughs> he puts on his page, uh, Ryan's a very regular uh, contributor on CNN. So Ryan, thanks again for taking the time to speak with me. Well, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. So I know this is on short notice, and I appreciate you accommodating things. And it's actually a really different approach for me on this podcast, where I'm always looking at uh, trends that are further down the road and we can kind of like, um, you know, talk about them uh, a little more in depth. But really this idea came up in response to something that obviously as I'm watching TV or on my Twitter, et cetera. Um, and I immediately thought of you because I know you had done some interviews. I've been watching you for some time. And of course, that issue is about the tariffs. Most recently, the announcements from this administration about the tariffs on Mexican products or the products crossing from Mexico into, this, uh, into the States. And definitely want to give your um, opinion on that. So um, let's just start glo- maybe like broadly, just talk about what the tariffs are um, and how they impact globally before we can start talking to airports and their impact specifically. Yeah, I mean, I think tariffs in the past have been used as, as a tool for um, countries and administrations to uh, typically tax uh, imports uh, coming into a country. So it provides possibly a, a competitive playing field for the um, home for the home countries, home businesses that are looking to be stay competitive. So it's not flooded with a market that is <laughs> all chiefly products. Sure. Um, and, then, and then you're obviously then outsourcing everything. So that's typically where it, it, it's provided. I mean, it has been known as that piece. Now we live in a different age. Not that tariffs is something new. It's been around for a very long time. Um, but what we've seen over the last two years, uh, tariff is an economic tool that's being used as a negotiation uh, tactic. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with what President Trump has been uh, using it as in the last two years to create, um, as for him specifically for the U.S., a better a better deal to move forward. I mean, that is kind of the basis without kind of going left or right or, sure. you know, to that degree. But um, and, I, and again, where that economic tool is and how the tariff is being used is is in, 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 in and last night when I was on CNN again, you know, why it be, is it breaking news because now we're talking about policies, right? Not just yeah. economic policies. And how does that get everyone to come to the table? Because it does, pay, it does put people um, on notice, especially the citizens, like, okay, why is this going to cost me more? And then obviously that you and I both know, this provides a huge disruption in supply chain should the tariff yes. continue to happen. Because again, this is pretty much short notice. Like this is not something that 
you know, people had foreseen. And so once it's in place and it's in place for a very long time, businesses actually have to react. Um, and it takes a little while to get your supply chain and, and obviously your cost of goods sold and, and, and obviously your margins all get affected um, and does hurt your bottom line when you're already running lean. And as we're recording this, this, uh, was, this is a Friday. It's, I think it's set to take an effect. At least the first level of it is supposed to take an effect today. Yeah. So I was on last night and the breaking news last night was um, that today's, obviously today's Friday and that they had to come an agreement, Mexico and the U.S., um, uh, if they did not, on, on Monday, the first set of 5% of tariffs on all Mexican goods start. And after that, every month, it'll be 5% until October, leading up to 25%. And what happened last night was um, Mexico was obviously um, in, in the negotiations. It's, it's been somewhat, some pretty, pretty positive that they had sent about 6,000 uh, Border Patrol troops down near the Guatemala um, border, which obviously is what the U.S. wanted. So it's leading to a positive piece, but it looks like as of today, they won't, doesn't look like they'll get to a deal. And then on Monday, it, it really, it, today's going to be very interesting to see if they're going to postpone the deadline, are they going to put the tariffs or are they uh, just going to do the deal? Perfect. So let's, um, l what are some of the products? I mean, I, you know, obviously uh, there are um, automakers, manufacturers, et cetera, that are, ha that are, uh, their plants are in Mexico, et cetera. I mean, what are some other industries that obviously will get disrupted because of this? Yeah, definitely. You know, you, you mentioned the auto industry, GM and Toyota has come out very vocal on the executives with internal memos <laughs> stating the, <laughs> stating the, the millions, the billions, you know, potential billion dollar disruption. And as you know, most people don't want, you know, most companies don't want to send memos like that. That's the last resort to tell people this is what's going to happen. And it even affects their 10K. As for other industries in which I think relevant to this audience is agricultural. I think I, 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 and I can tell you this, as you know, I've been covering the China tariffs, I've been commentary to that. When the Mexico tariffs hit <laughs> last week, I got so many emails and notes and DMs from people from my past lives. Wow. Well, what does this mean? Yeah. Like, now, no one asked me before, <laughs> but yeah. they asked me this because you can see it, feel it. And, you know, you t you know we, the joke, it's not a joke, but obviously people are like, let's go buy avocados and freeze them. Yes, that, yes, avocados would be more expensive. Yes, food, I mean, when Chipotle comes out on uh, Tuesday. I saw that. And, mm -hmm. and CF, the CFO of Chipotle comes out and said, says, yes, we are definitely going to be affected. And they're not doing it because they, they have to have to say something. They're trying to give a warning. This yeah. is for their protection and that, you know, they, they think they can cover some of the costs, but they didn't say that they could. And the second piece, they even threw out a number. They yep. threw a number out saying that, you know, maybe it'll increase by five cents. Mm -hmm. And for the general public, that might not be a lot, but for the, for the audience that's listening to this podcast, I know that they understand this. That's a lot. <laughs> that that is, causes a disruption uh, on multiple levels, especially with your problems. Yeah, and I saw they they mentioned that they did have they already had I think prior to all this maybe some margin saving measures in place or you know already to kind of like roll them out and I think he uh, even mentioned that like a, a five cent increase well we're a premium brand no one was going to notice it you know it's <laughs> from wow. that from that standpoint well well that's what they hope to say I mean like, <laughs> I mean they're not in an airport <laughs> exactly right? exactly uh, the people have choices and they've had increase increases in the past. Um, and it's taken, again, it's taken them a little while to get the consumer comfortable with that. So, I mean, they're, they're obviously very fortunate that they are one of the top brands, but that doesn't work for everybody. And that's why the worrisome comes from a lot of the small businesses, 
the ones that don't have the leveraging power to buy all this, they're either going to look at different alternatives, which there are going to be, you know, especially with a lot of the agricultural products buy, is buying from Mexico, your alternative options are probably going to be less. So you're going to have to end up taking stuff off the menu items um, and then hoping that this deal gets done. If again, we're all on the assumption that this is going to be a very long permanent tariff until October. And that's what's going to happen. If that's going to happen. And I, and I, I neglected to mention this. Um, the, for those who are listening, obviously you are very well versed in this because you have been in this life. When you and I met, you were the vice president of global development for Pinkberry for many years. So you can definitely speak to the supply chain disruption that you're speaking about right now. Yeah, no, and we, we and, and most definitely globally and obviously domestically, you know, we ended up building, I think, around close to 20 airports globally, mm-hmm. worldwide. So definitely, I feel like um, the airport world sometimes doesn't get the right uh, credit for what it does and what it's trying to do. And um, obviously, with that much traffic, you have, I always felt that um, that the airports are, are the first brand for people to really see what the market's all about, the, the city, what it represents, what it should stand for, uh, the food, the experience. And, you know, I think we're starting to see that with many of uh, the upgrades that are happening. No, definitely, definitely. So the second part of this, I mean, the Mexican tariff uh, is probably the conversation starter, but you mentioned it earlier, you had been following the China tariffs. They've been kind of uh, jockeying back and forth for some time now. I know several retailers had been mentioned to me, at least confidentially, um, and I won't name who they are. Uh, They've received notices from their suppliers already say this is... um, you know, we're going to be increasing our costs to you because in response to these tariffs, you know, talk about where we are on, on that. And is there, could there be an end in sight? Well, as of today, we are, they are not talking to each other right now. So, I mean, er, everything, you know, there was a little bit of a pause uh, in, in March, April for about three months when um, the tariffs would come off. They actually came off for like a, you know, a 90 day period to negotiate in good faith. And that kind of provided some relief to a lot of the supply chain and retailers where they didn't have to make a decision. Um, but to your point, the cost is really passed on to the consumer. You know, it is going to be passed on to the consumer because many of these companies can't absorb this. Like there's no way they're already fairly, really pretty lean and they're not going to go find something cheaper as of right now until they vet their supply chain. And for the China piece, I think when you think about when they're not talking to each other, what does that mean? As of right now, we're in a different kind of escalation than we were last year. You know, yes, they were retaliatory when it went, well, you tax me 25%, I'll tax you 25%. But as we've seen, it's kind of gone to a new level now, you know, with Huawei being, um, you know, kind of banned by the U.S. And then now China came out with their white paper this past Sunday stating that they are now looking at foreign entities and will will pretty much do the same that is hurting, that they deem that's hurting the Chinese economy. And obviously the rumor came out with, FedEx being investigated in China and and, and FedEx is obviously one of the major logistical partners in China. Um, It's not like they're a small player there. So again, this is where we're going to see this jockeying back and forth on how, you know, targeting is going to start to happen if this thing doesn't get better. I think it was the the white paper was more laying out what China could do. That doesn't mean that they were going to back by no means that they said that they were going to back down, um, but they would go, toward these other routes again neither the u.s or china are both going to say well we're doing this in retaliation <laughs> they're yeah. just saying that they're whatever they want to say to be able to kind of uh maybe potentially hurt each other companies and what does that mean for 
um, you know, retailers and, you know, so your supply, you know, your suppliers is that they have no choice. Like they, they now there's, they can't guess and, and forecast. Yeah. what their costs are going to look like. And so for the short term, they're just going to pass it on. Um, and many of them, will, some of them don't have plan Bs. Um, the, the products only come from there and, and they, they've yeah. all resourced yeah. it. So it takes time. Uh, yeah, I think you mentioned it, um, uh, or not you mentioned it, but there's uh, a paper maybe a couple of weeks ago, I forget which, which periodical, it could have been Walmart or Target, where they actually said, well, X amount of percent, like 40% of products are actually sourced directly from China. And they, it might have been Walmart, actually. And they would, it, it would be difficult to kind of maintain that low price guarantee um, you know, to their customers. I'm hey, sure I mean, yeah, I mean, I think even there was a, um, a report came out, even think about the Dollar Trees, the Dollar Trees and the bargain stores. Not anymore. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they, I mean, that's pretty much where they buy the majority. I think it was like a 60% number, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. I mean, that's a huge place to it. And even, and you know, the other thing that hasn't really came into the news just yet, um, and if it does get go deeper in this kind of trade war, think about Walmart and Apple. They both have headquarters over there in China. They do uh-huh. a lot of business in China <laughs> as well from manufacturing and from, you know, Walmart has a huge um they've got a huge head start on Amazon too, uh, in China. So like we haven't even touched the, those aspects yet. And just imagine if they start to get disrupted, how does that really affect the relationship between us and China? And, um, you know, I, you and I talked a little bit briefly before this tourism is also something yes. that could be on the table as well. And you said there were rumblings maybe of the tourism aspect, or is that something that's in motion now? No, I, I don't, think it's in motion just yet but if when you start thinking about what what foreign investment when they start restricting when i say they when the u.s restricts you know chinese foreign investment and when china restricts foreign investment coming from the u.s that's just one more avenue to go to hurt each other's economy right that you're and 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 to keep um you know now we're talking about keeping businesses from working with each other as well and so when you do that do you restrict keeping tourism to come into each other's states and does that affect the economy and there has been obviously rumors about that and it's no secret that the chinese tourism around the world is something that people go are going seek are seeking over i i six months ago i was six months ago when new zealand was in the news i was on air um uh, new zealand and china for prime ministers met with each other and they were trying to redo new zealand's purpose to strengthen its, its ties to a better trade deal with yeah. China, but they, they see them as an ally partner. And most people are going, well, why isn't even in the news? Why, you know, they're, they're a small country, which first off, they're still pretty powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was about, the, the t- one of the key aspects was the Chinese tourism and how New Zealand was looking at it. How are we going to, even from the airport stances, how are, are we going to be able to ensure the, um, the smoothness and welcomeness of that tourism so that China would promote to have, to have their citizens come there. And so it's a relook at the whole aspect. Yeah. This isn't, this is not just by inviting, Hey, just come to our country. You're changing things, right. To be more inclusive, to make it easier. So then there is this frequency and reoccurring uh, aspect to your country. Yeah, and and we had some measure of this before. Obviously, there was the there was a travel. There were various iterations of the travel ban. But even prior to that, uh, I believe when the when the big four, or big three legacy carriers, American, Delta, and United, were uh, against the Gulf carriers, Emirates, Etihad, um, 
et cetera, from, from expanding in the space when they were. And it kind of like, uh, you know, they were restricting uh, competition some ways. So we've seen some forms of this before, but obviously it's just, it just continues to escalate more and more. But um, you mentioned the airports, obviously, it, it, you know, Asia is a big, and China specifically is a big market for, uh, or big target for many airports uh, in the States. I mean, I'm sure San Francisco and LA, et cetera, from the coast attract a great number. And I know many airports on the East Coast are either trying to grow it or at least establish um, some sort of uh, route to uh, somewhere in China. And something like this with the tourism aspect is definitely going to hinder that. <laughs> and everyone oh. suffers, you know, it's a domino effect. It, it, it most definitely does. And I always love talking about like, it starts from the, it starts from the, the individual, the individual person. If you make it difficult for that person to either buy something, go somewhere or any change your purchase of habit at any inconvenient piece, it does happen. <laughs> it does change people's view. Well, I don't really need to go there. It takes a lot longer or it's hard to go through customs. Um, I'm having a difficult time. Like that all matters when it comes to spending money too. And that's why, you, you know, it, there is this formula that country heads, even like I said, like if you look at, you go look what Dubai has done. If you use it as their hub with Emirates, mm -hmm. I mean, they've pretty much since they've done that nonstop from LA and other places, people go through, they actually know what UAE is. They know what Dubai they're, they're is. They're a hub now, yeah. It's a hub now, right? Yeah. I mean, people forget that they weren't. Mm -hmm. And it, that, and, and, and again, the ease of uh, accessibility through there. I mean, how many times do you hear people when they go through Dubai? Oh, they had all these food places. They had all these American brands. How easy to go yep. see and come out. Uh, Dubai, Changi, uh, and Singapore, same thing. Yeah. I, I just spoke to someone who purposely picks routes just so she can at least, at least connect through Changi. You know, so yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, and to get and, and to get out of the airport to spend a 24 hours to come back so yep. easy, so so really very easy. <laughs> so um, it's a couple more questions for you, Ryan. And I'll let you go. Uh, obviously, we touched a little bit about it uh, right now in terms of the impact on airports, and let's dig a little deeper on that. You know, um, as you know, it, it, it's not uh, it's very difficult to operate in an airport. There's 100 cents within a dollar. And you have all these escalating costs because it's a secure and very constrained environment for one. Um, and it's not enough to just say, well, we have a captive audience and we're going to in some ways prey upon that captive audience because of lack of <laughs> options. But I, I'm looking at um, at least starting from the beginning and getting people to understand this on some level. Because again, I'm, I'm approaching the terrorists really from, let's just say, I'll admit, from a seventh, eighth grade, like a uh, history civics uh, <laughs> kind of a perspective. Um, you're, you're, it's, it's protectionist, I get it. Um, but then it's also, it could be reducing options or it raises that floor. So if in the case of like a Chipotle, you can't maybe source the best avocados or whatever, what have you, um, or the, or if you're a retailer, you can't get the best or not best, you can't get more of product X, you know, yeah. what is going to happen? You think, you know, what, what can happen? Well, I mean, again, you know, the, the hope typically there's been hope that this is all will end soon, but it's, you know, my perspective is that, I don't, I mean, you can hope as much as you want until you see it, right? You have to be cautionary and you have to be like, well, what, what, what's the long-term impact to my business? And, you know, for, for, for me, if I'm, especially airports and, and, and I'm operators in the airports, like you need to have plan B, plan C yeah. really thought through. And what I mean by that is, you know, to your point, find other suppliers, find what other costs are. Maybe it's a little bit more. Maybe it's still more than what you're currently doing, but at least you have a backup of a supply chain. Like you don't 
don't want to get caught with not having anything um, in, in inventory, right? Two, you know, the second piece behind this is, is how are you really viewing um, your long-term strategy when it comes to, you know, your, your product, right? Your innovation could be affected. I mean, I actually said this and it didn't really kind of, it kind of picked up with some people like, oh, what, this messes up with someone's innovation pipeline right? Because you may be having some of these products, but it changes you the whole way you look at the business model. And I, and I, like I said, I think to me, um, it is, this is the time to start looking at what, what happens. You'll just be better as a business when you have maybe a two month, three month, um, a window a cushion versus being very reactive. So if I, if I had any advice, it'd be being proactive about your business and being proactive on, what could, what couldn't happen, but, you know, not, not be at the mercy of what's, you know, at pretty much it's something you can't control. I mean, it's, uh, I, I see what you're saying and I do agree with it. I, I, but on the other hand, usually constraints and these types of restrictions are usually opportunities to come up and be creative and be innovative because you're, you can't just make something if you, you know, once you whittle away at stuff, I guess. So, um, Maybe this. I, co- I completely uh, agree, and that's why that's why this is where you should be thinking about doing. Things if not like sooner, yeah, it, it, it should. Yeah, I mean, the answer the answer to the question is you should have been doing it two years ago. I well, they should it, have, yeah, because uh, yeah. I, I remember again going back. Uh, it could have been five years ago, um, before this, even before this administration, when I think it was concrete and steel were being bought up, yeah. and then it drove up, and that's it. Kind of, kind of coincided with uh, with a lot of airports that were in development, LAX, you know, etc. So no, that's. Definitely agree with you. Yeah, I mean, and, and why I also think that this is a good time to to think that through. There's a lot of different ways that, you know, as we kind of talk, the airport world um, has sometimes been slow to adapt to innovation and to new ways um, of how to have a different experiences. I'm not saying all of them, but what of opportunity now that to to really be inclusive and diversity of different offerings and different ways and and try to be different. It just gives you more excuse to do that. Well, hopefully it means because, again, we have a landlord, you know, uh, tenant kind of, um, you know, relationship in some ways. I think it, uh, my prediction, maybe my hope is that it strengthens the relationship and let's work, really work together on this as opposed to just me turning in my rent, et cetera, um, that both sides kind of see what the challenges are for each. Because I think there's, there are other challenges and I want to just focus on the, the, the operators as the ones that are going to be. Um, that are going to fall victim or be impacted. This, I mean, the, the the airports will too. Correct. I mean, there's uh, there are many things we just mentioned concrete steel, but there there I'm sure there are a host of other items that these tariffs will impact them apart from oh, the retailers. Yeah, I mean, if one operator, I mean, you've got a great operator, and if they can't make it, you're not like going to go find another operator who's going to pay you more to do less, <laughs> right? That just doesn't make very much sense. And it's almost like the retail industry outside. If you think about malls and and, and yeah. with their, their struggle and evolution over the last few years, they've had to part. I mean, landlords have had to partner and, be, and put bets on concepts and people they feel that will be successful. And obviously, meaning that means they're working together and providing some kind of, you know, occupancy cost that makes sense. And maybe a little less, you know, than they needed to. But they're thinking about, you know, how is this long, long term and provide more value to my asset? I think that's, again. I think to your point, I think that's what's going to eventually happen with the airports. It's, it's going to be like, well, who do I want to be my cornerstone? And how do I help them and partner them? Because sometimes it's not always about the rent, like you said. So my last question uh, for you, Ryan, is uh, I guess I'm going to have to ask you to look in your crystal ball or maybe make your best prediction here on where you see if they're uh, you know, short of a resolution. 
uh, should we take a, bit, a worst case scenario approach or, or should we look at half glass full kind of approach? It's up to well, you. I, I mean, it's, it, it, you know, as, as we sit today, do you feel rare? I mean, obviously, as you know, from a tweet or two tweets, it could change the way anybody <laughs> feels, uh, no matter where it comes from. But, you know, as of today, you feel like you have a good gut feeling that the Mexico thing will eventually uh, resolve itself um, mm -hmm. here sooner than later. Um, as for the China piece, I think this is, there's a lot more, um, uh, more underlining uh, aspects here uh, for uh, learnings for many of these businesses and for many of the obviously airport, airport, operator, airport operators and airports. It's challenging. Well, you've always done it a certain way or you've always you know, either found this you know, relationship to the U.S.-China to be very successful. But now, is it really going to be that going forward? Obviously, you've seen that the number one, number two economies in the world, yeah. they do, I mean, I think we're all interconnected, we're all globally connected, that we're all one community. Um, but obviously, the top two powerhouses are fighting each other. Yeah. Because I, as, you, as you can tell, and anyone from the outside can tell, they want to remain number one. Is That's pretty much what's, you know, I mean, we talk about IP, and we can talk about all these yes. other things too that are in this place. But at the end of the day, that's part of the reason what's going on. So if that's what's going to happen, what should you look at this? What do you take away from this lesson? And you're like, well, oh, I should figure out other ways to do business too. So I can <laughs> in other countries in other places. Mm -hmm. And it just makes a lot of sense to me. Um, it's easy to keep you know, it's easy to be complacent and say, well, we'll, we'll figure it out. And my, my, my supply chain and my cost will come back down. But well, it, it was really it, it, it seemed like that the IP theft or, or whatever was kind of like the trigger for the discussion or that started this, at it, least, which it, I do agree with, but you know, it kind of changed reaction after that. It still is. Yeah. So let me be clear. So the IP is what triggered this and the IP is what's going to end this actually. Um, yeah. Now there's in, in, in the, all of all the other conversations, you know, obviously it's just not one item that's being negotiated on. Right. And so that's, you know, if it was just about IP, um, and not all, you know, there's a, investments and trade deficits and all those kind of things that are in there. But um, where the, where, why it got so blown because everything's on, pretty much everything's on the table, right? Yeah. That's what's, what's happened. But why there isn't a deal that's done is at the crossroads. And one of the points is the intellectual property. What kind of regulation, the U.S. is looking for something that has teeth and China obviously is coming back to them and talking about, you know, that's changing certain certain laws so they're kind of there's a gap between what right policy looks like and how does it really um make both sides happy and that way you know it doesn't occur for the u.s doesn't want it to occur again and, and this is a sticking point like you really the only way to get around this is it, it, depending on how hard the u.s wants to continue to push on what that teeth looks like because otherwise it'll be you know the same you know then it's the same thing if there's no teeth to it no, I appreciate it. Well, Ryan, thank you again so much for your time, and I appreciate talking to you. Thanks. Thanks for having me.